you have to have a plan. And I yeah. think that's huge. Like what I've learned over the years is I wish I had a better plan when I first started out. And I think that's something I recommend to everybody is mm-hmm. work, you know, like work, work a normal job, you know, maybe intern for somebody or be an assistant for a photographer who you admire or something like that. And then yeah. parlay that with what you actually want to be doing in the future. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host Dave Mays here in the Polar Pro Studio. Today's guest is Sam Elkins, who started as an Instagram influencer who's now transitioned into a full-time YouTube creator as well as a commercial photographer. Sam is only 23 years old but has the age and experience of somebody who's been doing this for about 10 years. He started when he was a teenager. We go into all the details of how Sam started in his career as well as how he balances his work and life. Sam is a good friend of mine and we finally got him on this episode. It was a real treat for me to interview him and to hear his story. We got some great insight into how he creates and runs his business. We also talk about how to get started if you're completely new to the creative field. I'm real excited to share this episode with you guys, but before we do, I'd like to ask you to please subscribe to this podcast in your podcast player of choice. And if you're in the Apple podcast player, please leave a rating and review of the show. It gets the word out to other people and really helps us out. So if you could please do that, it really makes a difference for us. So without any further ado, let's listen in on my interview with Sam. All right, so we're here with the one, the only Samuel Elkins or Sam Elkins. Yeah, either one, man. Thanks either for having one. me. <laughs> you told me earlier, it doesn't even matter it, to you. It really doesn't, honestly. But you do go by Samuel uh, professionally. You can check him out on his website, SamuelElkins.co. But Sam, we've literally been like messaging back and forth for months now. It's probably been six months of back and forth. At least, yeah. Maybe even more. Um <laughs> trying to get you on the show and it's not like anything it's it's actually probably more from me uh we've we've had times where we you're like okay i'm available on this date and then like a week goes by and then i'm like hey can we can we reschedule and then you're always like yeah it's fine i have to travel anyways so whatever (laughs) we had one of your good friends on ben hess who has worked with you in the past um and he spoke very highly of you in our interview with him if you haven't checked that episode out go check it out on goldenhourpodcast.com um but let's just get started with like just talking about you like how did you get started in photography because now you're like crushing it doing incredible things and we'll talk all about your projects and the things that you're doing but uh by the way if you hear some jingle jangle it's because this is a holiday episode absolutely it's it almost is. christmas time it doesn't feel like it does it feel like christmas to you right now no i mean i'm smelling there. the pumpkin yeah. spice a little bit you know I'm, i've got the christmas tree up in my house so like when i come home i see that and i'm like yes it's time right uh but yeah it's weird like when you get older you kind of lose that like magic of it totally sam elkins how did you get started like doing this whole photography thing what's what was your original like journey into photography yeah i mean so i'm 23 years old right now so i started when i was about 15 uh so i'm from seattle originally Mm -hmm. so i grew up there my entire life my family still lives there so i go back up to seattle pretty often yeah um beautiful place oh it's amazing yeah i think that's what kind of really at first i would say even before like i even knew i wanted to take pictures like it's just so pretty up there like yeah it's fun to just go out. Like my parents mm-hmm. live thirty minutes from like just a beautiful mountain pass. Like it's wow. it's, it's really accessible. Were you bur- like born there and everything? Yeah, born and raised. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I went to high school there, and so I'd say I was a big basketball guy. I I, I still love basketball, but I, yeah, I played like pretty competitively until. For, for audio listeners, uh, how, tell them how tall you are. I'm six eight. Yeah, so six eight. Yeah. Basketball, basketball all the way, baby. Exactly. But uh, no, I started. 
photography when I was 15. So I it was this random like summer internship that I had. And uh-huh. I did a lot of community service back in the day. Yeah. And so that kind of, I just like found this internship that I was interested in. And it was this thing called Teens in Public Service in Seattle. So it was just like, basically they hire, this nonprofit hires teenagers to work at nonprofits for free. So the nonprofit gets like a free worker and you get paid from this nonprofit. So it's kind of like a That's cool. triangle of wealth and you know helping everybody it's cool. <laughs> yeah it's cool yeah. like everybody you know gets something from it and uh the one that i was working at i was working with all these kids like these really young kids a lot of them are like kind of disprivileged and you know come from like pretty hard home backgrounds and yeah they gave me just like a random like nikon d3000 to take photos of them for the summer and i was like yeah at first i was like okay like i, I don't know if this is gonna be like what am i gonna do with this like, yeah <laughs> but then as i continued to take the pictures i was like whoa this is like so fun i love like, mm-hmm. i love this and i never was really like a creative person yeah but it translated pretty quickly and i was like wow this is a blast i want to continue to do this and i made like a little slideshow at the at the end of the summer for like just like a powerpoint or something with like some music timed up yeah but like that to me was like the very 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 first time i think that photography just was like wow like this is something i want to be doing so heck yeah so i stopped playing basketball and i just really focused in on photography you went all in i did yeah what did your coach think of that it was like, I mean, I wasn't like an amazing player. So okay. it was like, it was, it was okay. It was okay. But, um, but I think it translated well because I was, I joined yearbook next year in, in mm-hmm. high school. And I know I'm talking about like high school, but that's really, I mean, it's really, formative it, was, years. it was only four years ago about, about that I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. So it, was, it wasn't really that long ago. Rub it in, brother. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, that was pretty transformative, especially because my yearbook teacher, she allowed me to take out like the yearbook cameras. So I would go shoot like a football event for the weekends mm-hmm. and then... Uh, on Saturday and Sunday, so Friday night would usually be like the football game or the basketball game. I'd take photos of that for yearbook, yeah. Like transfer the photos over, and then I would have the whole weekend with like a 5D Mark II or like wow. a 6D to like just go mess around, you know. And yeah, I this is about when I downloaded Instagram as well, which I think really helped. Uh, my parents gave me an iPhone 5 for Christmas. This is like nice. So about that time, you know, for people who know when that came out, what around 2015, 2016, yeah. yeah. And that was pretty cool because at first I just kind of took took iPhone photos, but then I was like, oh. Wait a minute. I saw people like uploading their DSLR pictures to Instagram. I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. Like, I, yeah. I want to try this. So I would go to like the nearby beaches and like the mountains, just kind of take random photos. I remember I'd go to the same spot for sunset like week, like day after day after day for weeks on end. Like just because just it was fun. You know, like I, yeah. By yourself? Yeah, always. Wow. And then this kid randomly that I became pretty good friends with, he went to my high school, but we never were friends before photography. We actually found each other over Instagram. It was interesting like, it but was you like, went oh. to school together like, oh yeah i saw him on i saw his like instagram page and i was like oh you go to my high school his name's griffin lamb if anybody listening knows him he's a photographer but he also he's kind of since transitioned to like he's majoring in theology and political science getting his phd at duke so <laughs> him and i have definitely parlayed to our own our own <laughs> yeah. uh, worlds but i'm super happy for him but he That's awesome him and i were like it's kind of my first photography friend where we him and i would just yeah. go wake up at 3 a.m like Wow. Every weekend. Just this go. is like in high school. Yeah. Well, because wow. I couldn't skip high school. You know, like I was yeah. had to go. So I was very limited by that. But Monday through Friday, I would, you know, go to school. Uh, if I could after school, I'd go take photos. This is about when I got my license too. So I was like, no, I can go drive places. Yeah. Uh, but then on the weekends, it was always like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'd be gone every hour of the day. Mm. That was light and just go shoot photos of fog and mountains. Like, I was, it was very like a simple time, I feel like, compared to now. Yeah. Like, life is just so, it seems so complex. It now. felt, it felt like in that time period, it does feel like, oh, I need, I can't wait to get out. I can't exactly. wait to grow up and like have yeah. my own place. Yeah, but and, it's so simple back then, you know? But like, like when, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about this too the other day. It was like, man, I, cause for me, I was doing magic and animation at that time. Okay, cool. For me. And I was like, 14 years old I started doing magic uh, illusions and things for work yeah and 
it was just such a pure time. And I think anybody who's listening, if you are in high school, like really lean in on this time because of what we're saying. Like, absolutely, this is the time to invest in yourself, to not hang out every single day and go to like <laughs> stupid, like high school parties. Yeah, it's important to socialize, have good friends, whatever. Absolutely, right. Yeah. But like, you don't have to do this every day, no, every week. Like exactly. spend your time, like when you don't have to pay rent to like learn a craft, like learn something seriously. that you're good at and that you like doing. It's actually, it's funny. I, so I was home for Thanksgiving and I spoke, my high school photography teacher is like one of the best people in is my life. Is this not the yearbook person? No, so yearbook, they kind of worked in tandem. I would say, oh, cool. so I was getting to like the last two years of my high school Yeah, uh, was when I really started picking up photography. I was getting a lot of followers on Instagram and I was like, oh, okay, this could like maybe be something, you know? And yeah. My photography teacher did the coolest thing ever. He's like literally just like, all right, one period a day. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you an assignment. Just work. On, just work on something. That's and amazing. Like, I was really motivated. You're a great teacher. Yeah, it was, he was amazing. And but to bring it back full circle, I spoke to two of his classes when I was home for Thanksgiving, and that's exactly what I talked about. I was like, the only reason I'm like here right now, like, and as young as I am, is because I got started when I was your guys' mm-hmm. age. You know, I took advantage of all this free time in the classroom, yeah. and like, it sounds like you had some really supportive adults in your life. Yeah, too. it was. It was great. Yeah, and my parents. I mean, they weren't really on board at first, but I mean, well, your I, teachers were. Yeah, my, my <laughs> teachers were like so. My, especially my photography teacher, he's such a good dude. Well, like, like your he, parents wanted you to do like college and that whole thing. Yeah, or? well, I mean, even like they were okay with photography, but I think at first they were like, "Oh, well, you should probably go to college for it." And like, I mean, we talked about it a lot, and yeah, you know, long, did you? Long story short, I didn't. Um, nice. So I ended up moving out about two months after I graduated high school to mm-hmm. Portland. So for those who don't know, Portland's about two and a half hours away from Seattle. And that was probably the hardest year of my life, just mm. living on my own. I was already, I was getting some photography projects. Like I was shooting for Aeropostale a lot, which was mm-hmm. great. So that was providing me with some money, but it was just, you know, like barely 18 years old, trying to live on my own, like paying rent, paying like car In insurance. a place you've never been yeah, before. It's, yeah. It's tough. But I mean, I got to meet some really cool friends, like through Instagram, through photography in Portland. Yeah. And that was awesome. So I think it was a really hard year, but that was one of the more like transformative years I would say yeah. when I moved out. Jumping out and doing something that's a little risky is always a huge growing and learning period. Oh, and absolutely. Even if you look back on it, it was kind of like not as whatever as you were hoping. Like, right. I mean, it, it was probably helpful for you. Right? Oh, absolutely. And I think it really taught me just like, if I'm going to do this, I need to be very, for one, mature about it. Cause I'm already going to, I'm already going to have mm-hmm. kind of, you know, just the overlying sense of like, I'm young compared to a lot of these people, right? Like mm-hmm. when I'm on set shooting, a lot of the people are 10, 15 plus years older than me. And like, yeah. the only way that I can be there at that very moment is by being super professional and like mature beyond my years. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, if I want the opportunity to be there, you know? And so I realized that pretty quickly. Yeah. I was like, All right, if I'm going to take this seriously, I got to kind of go full force. And that totally, it was so cool when I first moved out because I went from just only being able to shoot on the weekends to having every single day to do something, you know, mm-hmm. and no responsibility, just <laughs> focus on you know, build, school, building, building yeah. your business, you know, like, and that was, that was huge because yeah. it allowed me to just kind of make mistakes and figure out like what I wanted to be doing, and, you know, to kind of change my style over time. And, mm-hmm. That was awesome. But yeah, I've, I've since so I moved to San Francisco after that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, lived there for about a year. And then I moved also to Salt Lake City. So I kind of bounced around a lot. And wow. I, li- I lived in Salt Lake for a while. That was probably one of the better places I lived. It's, really? It's a really beautiful city. Yeah, it's fun. Well, it's cool because... It's hot. Yeah. And very cold <laughs> in the winter. <laughs> and cold. Wow. Yeah. I but it, uh, it was amazing because I only paid $400 a month for a room. So wow. it allowed me to like actually put away some money because up until that point I was living paycheck to paycheck for like three years, you know, yeah. like it was a lot. And that allowed me to actually save some money. So I was there for almost two years. 
And nice. I got to meet some really, there's a couple of really great other creatives that we had a studio there, which was really fun. And yeah, so that was really transformative Interesting. as well. Yeah. yeah. It's kind that's, of been a, been a journey to get good. to LA. Yeah. That's a cool little journey that you've been on. I mean, that's it yeah. in a nutshell. I mean, there's obviously a lot of details yeah. in all of that. Yeah, definitely. And we can kind of tap into that because we got an hour. We do. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so let's talk, let's jump forward to now. You're living yeah. in LA uh silver lake to be specific yep um i'm from nashville and uh there's a place called east nashville if you're familiar with that area i've heard i've heard the similarities are very it's literally yeah. like uh <laughs> yeah it's like uh austin texas exactly. east nashville portland like it's yep. where the people who like uh fancy coffee yeah, live good food yeah <laughs> yeah and uh i remember living like in that area one time my wife was like i feel like just to go to the restaurant like or like just walk around i have to dress up like i don't feel yeah. like i'm cool enough to walk around out here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's interesting so i actually so i live more like towards echo park but i mean that whole area is just kind of one, one of the same but yeah i think as well it it's it's a really cool area for just because you know there's so many cool creative people that live yes. there. And there's a lot more like traditional artists i would say in the area that i live versus like photographers mm. i think a lot of them live in like west hollywood venice santa monica but i think there's really cool like illustrators painters like just it's just a cool community you know yeah. it's cool knowing that like subconsciously there's a lot of other creatives around you you know well that's the i was going to get to that the best part of living in a city or living in a place like that is you can just go to a coffee shop and edit and then probably somebody that's sitting next to you at that same coffee shop editing probably does something similar if oh, not absolutely. the same and you could strike up a conversation which then leads to work or like collaboration with other people yeah it's like being physically in a destination where there's other creatives like that can be really beneficial really cool Absolutely. And I think it, it too, it just, it really motivates me. That's mm -hmm. like the thing that I love about LA the most is because I like not being the best. I like that there's like, <laughs> I like that there's like a, you know, there's like, yeah. there's an obvious difference between where I want to be and where I am now. And that really has allowed me to just kind of stay motivated yes. on a daily basis because I think in the past living in like Utah or you know, just San Francisco even is not really a creative city. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get motivated when there's not like a huge group of other creatives around you. Yeah. And um, my dad actually always told me that he was like, you want to surround yourself with people who are better than you because Absolutely. It, it sucks for them if you're there, but like, because <laughs> <laughs> you're worse than them. Yeah. But uh <laughs> Obviously, people like to mentor others and collaborate with other people at different levels. But if you surround yourself with people who are better than you, like they're going to bring you up, they're going to teach you. You're going to you're going to be mentored by them and uh, you know learn a lot from them. So yeah, yeah that's really cool. I, I do. I will think. I will say though, it is kind of refreshing to like go home uh, if you're not from Silver Lake or like a yeah. place that's an industry town because totally. it is kind of like fun to like be around people who aren't creative. Oh, absolutely. And like first off they're like what wait what do you do for a living and then but then just the simple life of like not being in the creative space and just like yeah. normal people who like have normal jobs totally, who like man. are loving good people and like you know there's the flip side of living in those places too is comforting and, and yeah. a great environment as well so you got to balance it out too i think like even my roommate's literally an accountant like so it's, oh, nice. it's so not even for me like I yeah. do live in such a saturated place for creative people, but like even when I just go home, we don't talk about photography. You know, yeah. we just talk about basketball, or we talk. You know, like we yeah. both love like whiskey, or like you know, just yeah. so something that like isn't involving work is yeah huge. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so you're living here now. What was the journey like? Why did you move to LA? I mean, other than things we just listed, I mean, is that yeah. why? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think that the main reason. There's a couple of reasons. I think for me, I wanted to just you know i i didn't want there to be a ceiling for how far i could go with my career and i think mm -hmm. in a place like la there's no limit to where you can where you can go mm -hmm. um, obviously there's a lot of you know 
it's extremely expensive. Obviously, it's yeah. nuts through the roof cost wise. But I think for me, that as well as you know, just surrounding myself with like super super talented people has been yeah. really beneficial. And also from the so I've since like hired a full time editor and a full time shooter for like my YouTube channel. Yeah, and so that has helped a lot. And I really only think I could find that yes. in LA. Honestly, I'm so glad that you did that. I mean, yeah. I think we might have messaged about that on Twitter or something. Like I recommend that to everybody. And I I yep. recently had to let go of my previous editor oh, shooter okay. Connor, and then um, I just now have hired a new guy and man it's just so good at least for me like i work better with other people yep me too and i think too it's it's really fun finding people that like believe in what you're doing and Mm -hmm. i think that's also a great thing about la is there's somebody for every kind of niche of Mm -hmm. you know photography video whatever it is like absolutely also another i mean there's so many great things about living in la but i think for me it's really just about being motivated on a daily basis and surrounding myself with you know super talented people has been really beneficial and also having somebody that is literally working for you kind of makes you get off of your butt and like get something done the ultimate motivator because it's like oh well if you know my shooter's coming over if i need to deliver footage to the editor by friday it's like i don't really have an option to mess up you know i I need to get it done they're like that's that's pretty nice i I love those texts it's like so what are we doing tomorrow and it's like I'm like, uh, just, I'll see you at 10. I'll figure it out between <laughs> <Yeah>. now and then. <laughs> at, least that that's, lot, yeah. at least that's me. Um, so, I mean, that's a good segue into YouTube. You, uh, you're, you know, a photographer. So people of course are going to say, oh, Sam's on Instagram and you are, and you have been doing it for a long time and you've yeah. got, uh, you're going to hit a million before you know it. You're at 750,000 followers. There's no blue check mark on there. What the heck, bro? Yeah, I don't know. Let's go in there. <laughs> Instagram. Come on. You got it on Twitter. You don't have it on Insta. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I know that you want that. So we'll, we'll, would love it. We'll, uh, Everybody DM the Instagram people and have them yes, give you the blue exactly. check. So yeah, so when I look at you know your your most viewed videos on your YouTube channel, the number one video is uh, 1.8 million views, and it's called New Zealand 1.0. Uh, you posted this three years ago. Was that a significant film for you, and did it have anything to do with your YouTube journey? Definitely, I would say so. That I mean, I think I posted a couple of videos before that, but I think that was. It wasn't, I mean, it was just, I would, that was filmed on a 5D Mark IV in like 60 frames a second, like not even like. 1080, 60? Yeah, yeah. but then I, I literally didn't even like conform it to, it just looks like, it just looks so bad. <laughs> like it's awful. <laughs> but it's funny how like that, I don't know, I guess people really enjoy it. Like, cause it gave a good look into like what New Zealand is like. I've been there several times since. Yeah. I made videos. It's cool to kind of watch the journey of like, you know, the first one, I've made three uh, from there. And did you rename it 1.0 after you've been multiple yeah, times? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't the original. No, it was name. just, it was just called New Zealand. Um, but it definitely, I mean, it, it grew me probably like 70,000 subscribers or something like that. Something wow. crazy like that. And since then though, it's really been that, that kind of gave me just the the nudge to try it again because yeah. um, I tried it for a while and it wasn't really like doing much for me I just kind of would post occasionally of like a trip that I did or uh-huh. it was never like the tutorials or like uh, gear reviews that I try to do now yeah and I think that's really allowed me that allowed me to, well not allowed me it, it pushed me to actually be able to just try it again and I think since then I really went super into youtube and i think it's interesting because i have a lot of friends who are photographers that say they want to start a youtube channel and they're like oh i'd love to start a youtube channel but like they don't yeah. and like <laughs> it's really just like it's making like the i've the, interviewed a lot of uh, photographers who are interested yeah. in it and often the response is just like i just i don't know how i have time for it you gotta and make, i tell yeah. them what you yeah. said was you gotta hire a shooter and yeah, editor man. you do and you gotta make the time i think the first year in la i was working with ben a lot yeah which was really nice but it wasn't every video i do a lot of the videos by myself shoot and edit um, but then I think over the last, 
I'd say eight to 12 months, I've gotten super serious about it. And now yes. it's almost, honestly almost making me more revenue than photography is. Like it's because <laughs> I'm pumping videos out and it's it's taking so much of my time, but I'm really enjoying it. It's like, yeah. it's almost when I like started photography again. Wow. It's like, it's really like inspiring and I find it very just fun. Like it's kind of the wild west for me at least. I know YouTube's been around for forever, but for me, it's like so new still that like I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. It's, yeah, it's really refreshing. Obviously, you know, I can relate because uh, the majority of my income is from my YouTube channel on yeah. Kinotika. And I started two years ago. Now, I was a filmmaker and a video person first. So yep. I never even, I never did photography. Okay. Um, so that's why, like, I never really had an Instagram that I was active on or anything. And I'm probably the reverse of what a lot of photographers say, where it's like, yeah, I should probably be more serious about Instagram. Yeah. But I just, I just don't care because yeah. like <laughs> totally. I'm my brain thinks in a video way. I think it's I honestly feel like it'd be much harder to shoot video first than photos because like going from a video where you can just you know you can move the camera you know you can shoot yeah. different frame rates like all that is ingrained in your brain yeah and switching that to just taking a photo that's, <laughs> exactly. a, that's a lot you know but, but yeah. for photography it's like all right I take this photo now I just gotta make it much more you know interesting like, yeah it's just it's, it's the same laws of composition color mm -hmm. light you know everything yeah but it's just you know I gotta learn how to move the camera I gotta learn how to shoot in different frame rates I gotta mm -hmm. all that stuff audio that, so that took a long time to learn yeah dude the, oh my god the that's audio. the that's, that's the big tell for me is like okay this person is probably a photographer that just made the transition <laughs> if their audio is terrible. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like I just—it's gonna—it's pretty sad how long it took me to learn that you need the mic really close to you to like have good audio. It's like, why doesn't it sound good? I like, bought a really nice boom mic. Yeah. Why does it sound so bad? <laughs> it's like across the room. Yeah. <laughs> so since since then, I've gotten—I've definitely like upped the production yeah. a little bit, and that, that's been great. And yeah, like I said, I hired a an editor, and I yes. shoot with the same couple guys always for every YouTube video now. So it's a decent like production every time I shoot a video, but I kind of like it that way because it's. For one, we just talked about it really motivates you. It's like, all right, well, we don't really have an option to not yeah. film a video today. You know, everybody's coming together to make something. We got to get it done. And yeah. And if you're paying them, yeah. like, time is money. So, exactly. like, yeah, you don't want to waste your money. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, man. But, yeah, it's it's been cool. I think it, like, even just talking about switching over to shooting YouTube from photography, um, you know, looking at, like, kind of next year, that's, like, going to be my, my main goal is now I ha finally have, like, my team for YouTube. Yeah. And then I can focus a lot more on photography because I kind of feel like I took a little bit of time off from photography this year building that channel. Mm -hmm. And finally now it's at a point where like if I keep it consistent, I think, it, you know, it'll just continue to grow. But I, I've, I've realized that consistency, I feel like, is almost the most important thing on YouTube. Absolutely. And so I learned that, I've been learning that over the last year or so. And I think finally now I'm at a point where like I can see yep. what I need to do. And I, that took a long time to learn though. Consistency, thumbnails, and titles are yeah. the most important. <laughs> I'm always lacking one of those. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I don't know, man. I uh, I subscribed to your channel and um, the, there's a couple of videos that popped up on my homepage that like, even if I didn't want to click on it, I just had to click it like so bad. Uh, the one that really stands out is I switch from Canon to Fuji. Yeah. And I think the thumbnail is great. It's just you holding the camera. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's a simple title, but for somebody like me, somebody like a gear head, totally. it's just like, I just want to watch that. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I, I enjoy so it. Yeah. What well, myself as well, I feel like the videos always click on. I watch a lot of YouTube as well. And mm -hmm. I really, I try to get, just use it as a tool to get inspired. Cause yeah. I always see, I've definitely watched some of your videos. I've watched, you know, tons of different other videos yeah. and just trying to, yeah, trying to just learn like make art now. Yeah. Trying to just learn like what, I could be doing, you know, and yeah, that, yeah, it's, it's definitely a process, but yeah. Sometimes I have to stop though. Cause like I get jealous of all my, my friends who are like doing stuff and then I'm like, wait, man, I just sat here for two days watching all their videos. Yeah. Maybe I should have made something. Yeah. Yeah, um, you gotta, sometimes you just gotta get out there too. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, just make your own thing. You know, it's easy to like watch other people and then be inspired, but then you copy their style on accident slash yeah. like, totally. Oh, I'm going to try that. Um, 
But anyways, so I mean, with that, you did bring a prop, um, I did. and you you are a traditional like you know cannon shooter. You yeah. were all one DX Mark II forever. Yes, I was. Um, and you recently switched to the Fuji GFX system. Yes. If you're not watching the video, go check it out. Goldenhourpodcast.com. You can watch the video portion of this podcast. You have it here. I do. Yeah. On the desk. A decently expensive prop. <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive prop to date uh, that anybody's brought on the show. What is this camera? Tell me about it. Yeah. So this is the Fuji GFX one. Uh, so long story short, I was just getting really tired of Canon's like lack of innovation, to be honest with you. Like <laughs> it's just the same thing that I've been shooting with for seven years. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's never changed. Mm-hmm. I love the USR. I still have that. I shoot a lot of my YouTube videos yeah. on that. But, but I think the thing that you just said previously still applies to the oh, USR at, too. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's very, frustrating. it's just a practical workhorse and that's exactly. why I shoot on it exactly. for YouTube videos. Yep. But also, it's like, come on, Canon. Like, I still wish the ESR was better. Seriously. Well, then I, but then, so it was actually my buddy. His name's Forrest Mankins. He's a photographer. Lives out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, he switched over to the 50R. So that's a 50 megapixel medium, yeah. medium format camera. That and, one's pretty small, too. Yeah, and it's really reasonably priced, too. Yeah. Um, so that, I looked at that, and then I just looked at, like, the features that the 100 had. And obviously, it's an insanely expensive camera. It's, I mean, 10 grand for the body only. Yeah. But I saw all the features that this had that the other medium format cameras didn't, and mm-hmm. I just kind of went all in on this one. There's nothing on the market at all that comes close to that. No, when especially like when you think about traditional medium format cameras like Phase Ones or Hasselblads, like this is miles ahead yeah. as far as like because I shoot a lot of run and gun stuff. I'm usually traveling somewhere. It's usually gonna just gonna be packed in a camera bag, not a bunch of Pelican cases. Yeah. And for me, having 102 megapixels with IBIS, 16 bit <laughs> raw image, like it's and this. I mean, it's really cool. I'm not actually not gimmicky. Uh, articulating EVF yes. is it's a game changer. There's it an, is. Especially you mentioned this earlier, you're a tall guy. I so am, you're yeah. often I mean, I would say unless you're photographing the NBA, yeah, exactly. you are not ever shooting somebody taller than At you. At eye level even, yeah. So, so having literally the camera is made for you, like having an EVF that articulates, it's this giant EVF too. It's not just a little one. It's so like big yeah. that uh, you actually get a little bit of distance from yep. your eye point to the camera, it's which really nice. is perfect for you. Yeah, it's perfect. And I, I really love the Fuji's lens selection. Just mm-hmm. Everything about that Fuji's doing, I just feel like is miles ahead of Canon. The thing about these lenses are, uh, the, the great thing about these lenses are that they're small. Uh, for so, what they are, this is like this is smaller. This is a 110 millimeter f2. For those who are just listening to the podcast, f2 on medium format, which too, is by the way. unbelievable. And yeah. this is smaller than like every Canon lens that I yeah. have ever shot. Like it's smaller than like the 100 macro. I think. Well, if you take the hood off, yeah, the hood's pretty massive. Hood's big. But if you take the hood off, it's almost the size of like yeah, exactly like the 100 macro. Literally. Yeah. Uh, what I love about Fuji too is they they have the little aperture ring on the back. I love that. Yeah. It's um, awesome. Their glass is great. Um, obviously, the color science is wonderful. That's what I've been honestly most surprised with is it's just as good, if not better, than Canon's color science. Yeah. It's incredible. I, I And I have a Do bunch of comments it, on my YouTube channel. They're like, yeah, we told, we've been telling you this. Like, you should have switched <laughs> to Fuji. I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, take, it's take me a while to get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, yeah, I mean, a lot of my friends uh, shoot on the X-T3 uh, for video. Okay, especially, yeah. it does 4K 60. It's got 10-bit. Yeah, that's, this camera also has a 10-bit 4K function. Yes. And it has face detect autofocus for stills which you love well it has it has eye autofocus but it too. has it for yeah. video it's amazing so yeah you've you, been ta- we've been talking about it a little bit before the show i'm definitely gonna give video a go with this you should but. give it a try obviously you you lose the articulating selfie screen right but i guess that's kind of it like yeah. if you're able to just put that on a tripod uh when you're in your studio at your house exactly that lens with that camera could look 
like something you've never seen before oh, for yeah. video. Uh, absolutely. Well, I've even just taken, like I said, I take, I've taken a couple of clips with it and it looks ridiculous. Yeah. I like, think it has log too. So you do it like does, yeah. F-log 10-bit 4K. Yep. Yep. You don't have the crazy high frame rates that other cameras have, but the OSR doesn't have that either. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, yeah, I was actually thinking about switching to the X-T3 for everything YouTube. Because mm -hmm. I, as much as I would love to shoot with this for video, I want to keep it nice. And like, I just want to only use this when I have like a shoot planned out. And I, you so know. Why don't you just buy another GFX 100 then? Yeah, yeah. great idea. <laughs> you have RIP like, to my bank account. <laughs> the price of a, uh, a pretty decent used or cheap car yeah, uh, in your backpack. Yeah, but man, I, I'm so happy with that. I've had it for about two weeks. I'm still learning a lot, yeah. but I couldn't be happier. And it's uh, it's chunky. A lot of people say it's big, but coming from a One DX Mark II yeah. user, it's about the same size, if not and smaller. It's, actually. And it's definitely lighter. Like the One DX is so heavy. Wow. This is this is great. How's I, the autofocus speed on that? Really impressive. And the cool thing is, is it shoots, I believe, five frames a second versus mm -hmm. the so the fifty megapixel Fujis only shoot, I think, two to three. It's really slow. Yeah. And this too, like, it's crazy because each one of these photos is around two hundred to three hundred megabytes per photo. <laughs> so you don't want to like blast them off, but at the same time, like, if I'm shooting something even like just mild action, like I can get it done with this. And yeah. The autofocus is pretty incredible. I'd say the eye auto like it tracks the eye and the face so wow. well. Like it's it's amazing. Like it's That's it's not incredible. as good as like the Sony's. I would say like yeah. the Sony's are just incredible with the eyes. But this is about the ibis. Do you notice that oh it's God. working and it's stuff? Amazing. You yeah. see it. Wow. Especially with the heavier lenses, like mm -hmm. you know, I can actually shoot. <laughs> it's not just wobbly. Like wow. You know, it's, so stabilized sensor, phase detect autofocus, one hundred yeah. megapixels, one hundred two, yeah, and four K ten bit yeah, internal. I mean, I don't really know what else you could want. To be I, honest with you, I know that's like a dream camera. Yeah, honestly. I would say the only things I've noticed are the battery life is uh -huh. awful, as expected. Yeah, I mean, it's not awful, but it's pretty bad. It's just so, draining yeah. battery because it's such a beefy thing. Yeah, I bought six batteries, so that should be hopefully enough for me. And then the only th only grab I have about the body design is so this is like a normal like it feels like an actual camera. This is like oops, this so, is this is metal. Yeah. So by the way, he's pointing to the the normal grip yep. is like a normal grip, but mm -hmm. then it actually has a built-in um, yeah, extension. Try, try grip. the vertical grip. It feels kind of weird. It's a vertical grip, and it's kind of I mean, compared to this nice, comfortable uh, grip when you hold it like in landscape. Um, usually, cameras that have a, a grip have the same. Yeah, it's weird. Like the One DX. Like I come from. I think that's why it's weird. It's come from the One DX that had the same. So this metal grip. I could see myself dropping it, so I definitely exactly. would want to have a neck strap on. Yeah, and I have like a I have like a, a plate, like an L plate for like tripod stuff, so I can I can mount it vertically and horizontally. So it's okay. pretty nice. But and as a primarily Instagram shooter, I guess you you want uh, yeah. to have this mode. Pretty I think so. Yeah. When I honestly like the main reason I got this is I'm transitioning a lot more into like commercial photography versus like Instagram stuff. Okay. Um, so I've done Instagram for a long time, and I just don't really feel like I'm getting the quality of work that I want to be getting anymore from it. And yeah. I think I'm trying to take the next step. And that's like the main reason why I just kind of went on all in that's on awesome. this because I've, I've done some pretty rad, like commercial campaigns over the last year. And that's really some like where I want to be going. And yeah. I think this is a great just transition into all that stuff. I'm going to interrupt my interview with Sam for one brief moment to remind you guys to please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. This is usually a point where most podcasts would have some sort of ad read. We don't have any ads. We're doing this completely ad free and we're doing this for you guys for free. So please leave a subscription, a rating and a review if you could. And also suggest this podcast to a family member or friend who you think would enjoy it. All right. Thanks for that quick little break. We'll get back to my interview with Sam. 
can we talk about that with Instagram Absolutely. then? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, when you're in high school, you started doing it. You started getting some traction. Yep. Uh, you know, you moved to uh, Portland. Like, tell me about your Instagram journey and like what you just said. Yeah. Where you're at now, like how you've come to this point where you kind of want to maybe even get off of it totally and not be as ingrained in it well i think it was kind of like almost the wild west when i first started even the first couple years yeah exactly well like especially like i mean i would get offered like insane amounts of money just for like a single post and yeah it's not the same anymore like posting ads on instagram doesn't have the same like you know flavor and like spice to it as it used to i don't think well it's it's becoming very saturated there's a lot of great people on it exactly and i also think too like it's not it doesn't have enough like substance for me anymore. Like I want to be doing more than mm-hmm. just posting on Instagram. Like, uh, I mean, I've done so many ads over the years and I've really, I think the way I've structured a lot of my, my business and like the way I work with clients a lot of the time is usually I will start, like if they email me, normally they'll want like something posted on my Instagram, but almost 99% of the time, if not even all the time, they'll want photos for the brand's use or if i'm shooting video they'll want to license the video okay a common theme is ben helps me shoot all these ads for uber Mm. and we did like probably 10 or 15 videos for them last year nice and every video was posted on my instagram but it was also like licensed to them for like several years so they could use it in their social and digital marketing wherever they want to use it so they're just hiring you as a creative director like or yeah i mean a director similar yeah but they're using your uh following exactly yeah so it's it's kind of these cool like i really enjoyed kind of like how the a lot of the campaigns were structured over the last couple years because i transitioned from just getting hired to post a photo on instagram to like oh this client actually wants me to shoot photos for them and then in addition post it on my social platform so for me my business model for photography at least and kind of transitioning to video now as well is the highest quality photo and video content i can provide plus really large social media followings equals the highest budgets that you can possibly get Mm -hmm. so for me that was every single job that we did we tried to market it that way so you know we're going to offer you content for your brand's use you know whether that's social digital i've shot some print stuff last year as well and then mix that in if they want with, you know, oh, hey, we have almost a million combined people following all my channels, you know, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. And yeah, that really worked for a long time. But I feel like it's only going to work for a certain amount of time. Like it's not forever. And for me, I'll continue to do that. But at the same time, I want to start building up a lot more of like advertising and commercial work, like actually high end stuff. Like a good example of this is I shot uh, for Garmin about four or five months ago and it was in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm hmm. And it wasn't actually on medium format. We shot it on mostly on a 5D Mark IV, um, just tethered. But it was so fun because there was like 25 people on set and I was just a photographer. There's art directors, producers, stylists, everything. We had three talent flown in from New York wow. and I flew in from LA. And it was just like a really like kind of jolt to me of like, oh, this is exactly what I want to be doing. This is so fun. Yeah, it's traditional portraiture yeah, and uh, exactly. professional photography. Yeah, and it was like, it, we shot like a watch campaign. So it was for this new watch uh, series that came out. Garmin, for people who don't know, actually releases like 70 new products every year. Wow. So they do a lot of shoots. And this one was super fun. And I just really enjoyed that like my photos, you know, meant more versus they just are living on the internet, especially Instagram. I feel like YouTube is great because people watch it over time. You know, you can watch yeah. a video that's years years old, right? Yeah. But the second you post an Instagram photo, it's done within the first 24 hours, if not sooner. Pretty much. Yeah. So for me... Unless I, you recycle it and post it multiple times. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So for me, that's a big reason of why I want to go more of like the advertising and commercial work route is because yeah. Instagram is just not really giving me that, you know 
like a moment that I want. But when did you when did you start again? You said like 2016 or something on Instagram or Instagram like 2012. 2012. Yeah, it's been a long time. So like we're coming up on 2020 here. Yeah, it's like eight years. Yeah, you've been there, done that in a way, right? Like that's a long time. I feel too. And you know, it's a different stage, and it's also you know that's not to discount people who love it not and at all are are crushing it or whatever it's an we've, amazing source of income yeah. we've interviewed a lot of people who are really good at it they yeah. make a good living totally uh and people who listen to this like want to do it and stuff but for you you've just learned after this experience like that you're ready to move on to other things and totally i think even just like just parlay comes from wisdom exa- parlaying it more just with, like i'll still continue to do the social stuff but just not at the level that i have been because yeah I know that I can get uh, the kinds of work that I want to be doing, you know, like that higher level I've already gotten hired for and I've gotten mm-hmm. done quite a few bids for other jobs that unfortunately didn't happen. But the point is, is like I'm slowly moving into that world and it's going to, it's not like an instant change, you know, that, I mean, that nothing happens instantly. If yeah. anything, it takes years, right? Yeah. So I think for me, it's just slowly starting to go that general direction. Yeah. yeah. And so with the YouTube stuff, um, are you like you said you're enjoying the reviews and the tutorials and stuff like that i mean do you have like a strategy for youtube do you want to continue just doing that kind of stuff yeah i think so i do i mean i'd like to describe i mean i i don't want to limit myself i guess with it but i do a lot of like travel videos i mean my girlfriend go travel places um, i do a lot of gear reviews i do like a vlog occasionally or you know some sort of tutorial yeah and that's been really fun and i think i've finally been able to get a lot of people who are interested in sponsoring my videos, which I don't, yeah. I've never monetized a single video. I don't really think that does much for me. Oh, really? But I think, you know, having brand, like I do like two Squarespace videos a month and I, I yeah. all these random brands will have like a, like Fiverr or like I'm doing a review for this monitor, yeah. stuff like that. You know, it's like they'll, they'll be interested in like having me make a video about it. And I didn't really realize that that was actually the case. Like, oh, I can, you know, make some yeah. good money with this. But at the same time, it just takes so much work. Did you ever have an agent or anything like that? I do Instagram right now, yeah. You do now with yeah. YouTube? Yeah, and yeah. they're they're great because, yeah, I didn't. I don't know how much stuff costs with YouTube. I know photography yeah. stuff, you know, but YouTube stuff, it's tough because it is so new to me. Yeah. But I think for me, yeah, I definitely see myself kind of creating the same kind of stuff that I'm doing right now. I'd like to do like some sort of series eventually. I think it'd be pretty fun. Yeah. And I really think too, like long form content on YouTube is pretty cool too. Like even mm-hmm. just conversations like this, you know, like it's it's yeah. really fun to have, I don't even think it's cool to have like a round table of like photographers and just talk about like what everybody's struggling with, what everybody, you know, wishes would be better and like all that kind of stuff. I think yeah. just kind of bringing people together uh-huh. in like a video sort of way would be really yeah. cool. So what are you struggling with and what do you wish would be better? Honestly, I don't, I don't know if I have a lot, but I know I, it's fun when you get to talk to people and like you just feel kind of like valid, validated that like, you know, yeah. we're all going through the same kind of things. You know, for, for me, I think the toughest part, I think, is like a work, a work-life balance. I can yeah. imagine with a family, I'm sure that's even yeah. even more difficult. But for me, I just really want to have enough time to spend with my girlfriend. I want to go mm-hmm. see my family when I can. I want to hang with my friends, but I also yeah. want to get work done, you know, and I'm I'm trying my best to make sure that all that kind of fits into my life, but it never works perfectly, you know, mm. it almost never does, you know? Yeah, so I exactly. think that's something that it's nice to talk to people and see kind of how they do it. And then, mm. you know, just continue to try to better, better yourself. Cause I've been burned. I've been burned out a lot. I've been doing this for so long now yeah. that like it's, I've been burnt out so many times over the years and I finally just have said enough. Like I don't want to get burned out anymore. <laughs> so I'm trying my best to just, you know, work as much as I need to, but at the same time, yeah. enjoy my life, you know? Totally. I've, I completely can relate. Um, I've talked to a lot of people about this and it doesn't seem like you can ever arrive to at that like perfect thing that you have in your head of this wonderful balance. It's like a little idyllic world that like, yeah, you, you maybe could get to at some point, in life, but it's, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. It doesn't seem, yeah, it doesn't seem like it is possible. Uh, because I think 
even because I've always thought like, oh man, if I was an accountant and I had a nine to five, yeah. man, my work life balance would be so great. I like wake up at seven, <laughs> go to work at eight, come home at five, make dinner, make hang dinner, with family. Yeah. have like all of the normal holidays off, yeah. uh, go to, you know, the beach at the same time, everybody else goes to the beach. Um, but even those types of people wish that they didn't have as much work and like they sometimes can bring that home with them and like have stress of being away from home and not having the freedom that we have to just like say, Hey, uh, I'm just going to take this week off because I want to, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, and then now that I have kids like today leaving, like my kid, my son, especially, he's just getting so cute and so amazing. And like, I, I was like, bye Ryan. He said, bye dad, dad. Like as I was walking yeah, out like, the door, it was like, like painful. Yeah, it's like your like, heart's getting ripped out. Yeah. Like, I'm going to work. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, it doesn't get easy. Uh, but, um, you know, I think just whatever makes you happy and like, exactly. if you need to dial down the work a little bit to like have a better balance, like who cares? This is your journey. You don't, exactly. you don't owe your followers anything. Totally. Um, you don't owe even these companies anything. Um, I think that's something that I've, that's, I feel like you just learn that with the more like time you do it, you know, like I feel yeah. you go a bit more wise about like, you know, what you need as an mm-hmm. individual and as you know, like. The, what you need as an individual com- needs to come first. Yeah. Like you can't do anything if, you know, you're not okay yourself, you know, and yeah. taking the time to make sure you're, you know, those days where I just don't do anything because I need yeah. to just rest and take a day off, you know, and that's okay. It's, exactly. It, especially like, I don't love this whole like practice of like, oh, if you're not working every second of every day, you're not working. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. You yeah. Know, that's, if that's, that's true for you, then good for you. But yeah, I mean, yeah. but it's not, it's not true for anybody. It's, you know, maybe, no. maybe for a couple months, but you know, that's, that's okay. It's okay to have seasons of life mm-hmm. where you're not going to be working as much. I, I think it's, a little bit of an american dream kind of Definitely. issue that we deal with as americans yeah it's something that you know the right to was the pursuit of happiness or whatever totally um we're kind of taught this in school um we're taught to like crush it in our jobs we're very career focused uh people yep <laughs> <laughs> um other countries are more laid back i've yeah. met a lot of australians they're very Absolutely. They, they have better balance i feel like because yep. they do chill a lot more <laughs> totally. <laughs> um and i've had people tell me from other countries like man you americans like work way too much well like and we pour our life into our work and our, and our work kind of becomes our life but you know i think that's yeah. kind of a hard thing too with american culture but it's so mm-hmm. it's not fulfilling no though. it's not no. and i'm learning that like as i am having a family like maturing in that like i i have had some success here and there and like those highs are very exciting but those highs are literally nowhere near as fulfilling as me like holding and playing with my son absolutely and that sounds really cheesy especially if you're not there yet not at all i mean Um, even like i I took my dad on a road trip we drove from la to seattle last christmas mm -hmm. uh, just for the holidays and he flew down to la and he had never seen any of the california or oregon coast and like even something like that you know i didn't i took like three photos like Mm -hmm. the whole trip but like it's that too. It's like, you know, it's taking the time to spend with people that you love or even just taking some time off to enjoy your life that you've created for yourself, you know? Yes. That is just so paramount to not only like your mental health, but like literally the success of your business. Like yes. you're not going to be able to do anything if you aren't exactly. you know, mentally sound, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like uh, sometimes, like for example, today I was supposed to get a video done for Kinetika and have like a uh, have like a brand integration thing. Yep. I'm going to have, like I'd have to like stay up all night to get it done. And I was just like, I just sent an email. It's like, you know what? Like, I'll post it tomorrow. Uh, totally. Sorry. I need to get some sleep. Yeah, and you know what? It's probably going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like if people think the world's going to end if they're a day late with stuff. You know, it's like stuff happens. You know, it's it's life. It's, yeah. You know, we all have 
very busy lives outside of work, mm-hmm. you know, even in addition to work, you know, the worst, happens. the worst is, can you relate to this? Like when say your, your girlfriend and you are like maybe going to go out that night or just, she wants to see you and you're in the middle of a project. She's like, how long is it going to take? Yeah. And I mean, then, and then you're like, uh, I'm just going to go until I'm done. Like, I don't <laughs> totally, I, th- I think, well, the nice thing is she does a lot of creative things as well. So she understands, but I think at the same time too, we, you know, it's, it goes both ways. You know, it's, we both, we both try really hard to give each other space to work, but also like it's our relationship is super important as well. So we got to, you know, give time to that as well. But yeah, I definitely can relate. Normally it's, especially it's normally when video stuff, it's always videos yeah. that like I never forever. know how, like I can't give a, really an estimate on it's how hard. long yeah. it's going to take. It's tough, especially because I'm still working out the kinks of like, I want it to be really streamlined and yeah. It's been tough just figuring out how long, like gauging how long stuff's going to take. I, I probably going to take the whole day. I'm assuming just because yeah. we're going to mess up at multiple takes and all uh-huh. that is is tough. But yeah, I think honestly, just prioritizing the things that matter in your life outside mm-hmm. of work because work's always going to be a priority if if you mm-hmm. own your own business and if you've gotten to this point, right? Have you used a teleprompter before for your videos? Not for my videos. I did a workshop and I used a teleprompter, but. I don't like it at all. Yeah, like it. I used to hate it, and then I started working with this guy again, uh, this new guy, okay. Jake. And um, I have found that by me writing out my script um, and kind of combing through it before I'm with the guy that I'm paying, right? Like, it gives me time to really think through what I want to say. And then when we do the shoot, I just read it and I perform it. And then he has this great. He has my script while he's editing oh, that's nice. so it's so easy for him to edit oh that's yeah I didn't, so even th- I didn't even think about that yeah. i have no i literally have no notes when he's done with his like edit mm-hmm. because it's already been edited when right. i wrote it yeah that's nice you know what i mean totally so like i maybe i should try it again i've I- actually changed my mind on it i used to be like no i want the off the cuff like feeling but the way that i solve that is actually using two cameras instead of one so one like straight on and the one off to the side that's mm-hmm. like zoomed in a little bit mm-hmm. And then, like, if I maybe make a mistake or I want to move to the, another point, I turn my head and look at the other camera, and then that gives him a good like oh, editing yeah. point. Yeah, totally. To edit with because you have multiple angles then, and it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. And I found smart. this little prompter that you just mount your iPhone on it. And oh, it's sweet. like really small, so you could travel with it. And I have like I have the iPad one. Uh, it's called like a mm-hmm. one take only or something like that. It you works. Could use that it too. works pretty well. Yeah. But the one I have like it's it's literally iPhone sized, and it just goes on the filter thread of your lens. That's nice. And you just yeah. keep it in your camera bag. Really? That's nice. Yeah. So anyways, that's off topic, yeah, but uh, cool. I recommend it. Maybe give it a try. It kind of forces you to like, it, it is a muscle that you have to like work out in terms of writing. Totally. Um, when it, and it's a, it's an art in itself, making it look like you aren't reading off exactly. a screen. You know? It's like, it just, it's a pet peeve of mine when I watch YouTubers that I can tell that yeah. they're reading a prompter totally. and uh, you know, I didn't want to be that person. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, so for Instagram, how do you choose between posting a portrait photo or a landscape photo well, i think it's kind of <laughs> now it's i mean i kind of like choose between the two like i do one and then the other but like if i didn't use i use these like whiteboarders just because i think it like looks nice with my photos and it kind of makes them stand out a little bit more at least for me like i yeah I, I like how it looks with a lot of the colors and and then they introduce dark mode <laughs> yeah no i just i just like oh, whatever it's fine i'll just continue to do it but just i think own it, man. yeah but i think in the past it just it didn't matter at all well you're not just you're not doing the sharing. uh you're not doing the old one where it's like the white borders um and to make it look uh portrait or uh landscape to fill a square format right 
um, you're doing it as like a frame, right, like exactly. a like a Polaroid or something. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. it it still works in dark mode. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess that's kind of your hack then, in a way, using those borders gives you a little bit more freedom uh, in terms of YouTube algorithm garbage where you want a thumb stopper that is a large image that's going to get people to stop their thumbs as they're scrolling. Right. That's what everybody tells me is like you want portrait mode because of the it's just a bigger image on your phone. Totally. I think um, on Instagram, Instagram definitely caters to landscape. Oh, sorry, vertical. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. portrait. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think it. if you're going to call yourself like a photographer like you need to do the the orientation that makes sense for the story you're trying to tell exactly, with the photograph. Exactly. And I like I I don't I definitely don't shoot. Like that's like I'd say if anyone wants to see the best of my work they I would direct them to my website, not my Instagram. Mm-hmm. My Instagram is just kind of like you know, it's random. Like it's, it honestly is. It's like just a random bunch of you know yeah. nice photos that I have spent a lot of time on, or random like I shoot a lot of film too, so random film photos. Like it's awesome. It honestly doesn't really matter. Like yeah, as much as like I spend a lot of time on my website and carefully choose all the images that go on there. And SamuelElkins.co. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's some incredible images. I'm just scrolling around on here. Uh, really well like designed you've put it together nicely Thanks, what man. is this like squarespace yeah just squarespace man <laughs> not an ad but <laughs> use my, use your link in the yeah. description below save 10 percent off your first purchase for real honestly um, though like i i know i get paid to say it but it literally is like the easiest website honestly. oh yeah it's just drag and cake. drop yeah yeah so piece easy. of cake piece of cake they've made it like so simple for everybody like on it's think about making a website like 10 years ago it's like oh yeah you gotta to hire, hire a web developer it's like mm-hmm. that's a nightmare in itself you know it's, oh yeah, yeah. Do you um do you have a pattern that you normally try to follow when you're when you're editing when you're kind of doing your your you know your photos? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I so I'm about to switch over to Capture One actually for editing. Really? Yes, yeah, so I've been using Lightroom forever, but not I a tr- sponsor. No, yeah, but I tried out Capture One and oh, you know what? If you're on a Fuji, I think that's a big deal. Yes. Like, uh, it processes the images better. Yeah, it? well, Capture One in general is just like this. It's hard to explain, but the sliders just do a better job in Capture One. Like, you drag the exposure slider, the highlights, or the shadows, or even like the tone curve. It just like reacts. Different. It seems like it reacts differently. Lightroom. I don't know what it is, but I enjoy Capture One a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's something that I need to like learn how to use, though. I'm not going to s- instantly switch, but I think I mean I've been using Lightroom for the better part of what seven or eight years. Like every, yeah. I have so many catalogs, and it would be kind of annoying to switch. But my process, honestly, is like I try to do as much in camera as possible. Yeah, I, and meaning not even like settings wise, even like when I'm shooting portraits of somebody, I want the clothing to be perfect. Like as far as like I want it to match the surrounding area. I want the light. You know, I shoot at varying times of the day because I know it's going to be nice. And, you know, I really put a lot of thought and effort into before I even pick up the camera. Mm. I think that helps a lot. You know, if you're not, if you're going to shoot in shit light, you're not going to be able to, yeah. like, make it look good in post. You know, uh, like, not even the best editors in the world could do that. Yeah, so, just switch it to black and white. Yeah, literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think for me, like, just doing as much in camera as I can helps a lot. How did how did you come to that conclusion? I would assume after eight years of experience. Definitely. Well, I think I just realized that, like, no edit is, like, the same. You know, like, every, every photo is very different. And I think for me, like the more I shot in different lighting scenarios and didn't just limit myself to the same kind of subjects and Mm -hmm. surroundings, I realized that like, it's much more about just getting everything, you know, if the photo looks good in the back of your screen already, Mm -hmm. then it's going to look good in Lightroom or Capture One or whatever you're editing in. But if it doesn't, like it's gonna be a lot harder, if not impossible to make it look the way you want. Yes. So just putting a lot of effort into like looking in this in the back Absolutely. of the screen and making sure it looks good, you know. We interviewed uh, Garrett King on this podcast. Oh yeah, awesome. Who, are you friends with Garrett? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's incredible. 
And he's, he's super talented. A lot of people um, look at his style and look at his work and they're just like, oh, what preset are you yeah. using? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's not as simple as that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I asked him and he didn't give me like the lowdown on like which sliders he uses to yeah. give him in that look, which if you don't know how to do it, just open up Lightroom and figure it out. Yeah, like, mess it's around. not that hard. Yeah, it's, it's just serious. a preset. But there's more to it than that. Like, and he mentioned that, like, it starts with his camera. He goes out and does tests with the camera and he, like, adjusts the picture profile and, Absolutely. like, pulls in weird, like, white balance shifts and, like, yeah. all sorts of H- HSL sliders and, like, totally. having, like, some tests where you're, you're just, like, A, being things and figuring things out. Yeah. That's really my favorite part of my job oh, with Kinetika is reviewing cameras. Yeah. The initial stage of like, how does the sensor look when I shoot at this exposure at this ISO level? Yeah. Like, how's the grain look? How's the color look? Oh, I lose all my color information at 1600. You <laughs> yeah, know, good to know. I, yeah. I don't want to go past that. Right. So like when somebody says, hey, I'm going to shoot on this camera, I can say, well, make sure that you stay below 1600. Make sure that you keep your white balance set to this or that because for totally. some reason it looks weird at this range. Yeah, You know, like it's Absolutely, so important man. to like learn your tool, figure out what you like. It could be a weird uh, look, but mm-hmm. that's like your thing. You know? Absolutely. Well, one of my favorite wedding photographers actually, so I, I did a couple of weddings uh, back in my day. I Maybe like 10 or 15 a year for the mm-hmm. first couple of years I did this. And Good way to make money. Oh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. One, uh, one of my favorites, He uh, his name is Jordan Voth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard of him. He's from, He lives up in Seattle, but he still shoots on 5D Mark IIs. The 5D Mark II has a great look to it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like if you've mastered the look, it doesn't matter what the hell camera you're using. Like, yeah. It really doesn't. I like, knew a guy who actually shot on the 5D original for yeah. that very reason. He actually preferred the look of it. The yeah. colors, on the especially on the 5D Mark II, are like... Mm-hmm. As far as Canon goes, like if you're just shooting stills, it's almost mm-hmm. unmatched. Like it is yeah. at, in camera, it looks amazing. So I have know? a theory with that actually. Um, as we're going more and more into like technology and like things are advancing, and Sony obviously is crushing it in terms of the tech. Absolutely. Um, I feel like all the camera companies are trying to sort of stay in line with the technology. Mm-hmm. So they're like expanding the dynamic range. They're doing so, crazy, totally. like super sharp. Obviously, this camera is super sharp. Mm-hmm. But, and the thing that's great about Fuji is they are still like going into the heritage of film Absolutely. and applying things like film the film, emu- the film emulations on this are pretty amazing. Yeah, they're yeah. amazing, yeah. right? But like, I think when you go back to some of those older Canon cameras in particular, I own the 1DC, which is oh, like nice. the original yeah, totally. cinema camera. It was, I, I so never- That shoots 4K, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, so I actually never upgraded to the 1DX2 okay. for video because you lose the C log. I thought that the image looked amazing on the 1DC, all yeah, those types of things. Totally. I think that generation of cameras from Canon, like you were closer to the film era. Yeah, definitely. So even though like the technology wasn't as advanced in terms of dynamic range, in terms of uh, ISO performance, they were like referencing their image quality to film. Yeah, when it, you get that look too. It's like, I mean, you look, it just looks, photos especially, I mean, not to, you know, bash sony at all but like the photos you can tell when they're shot on a sony because of how digital mm-hmm. they look yeah it's like almost too sharp you know mm-hmm. and sometimes even with the fuji photos i've had to like add grain to yeah to like or soften that you know it reduce red, the sharpness the red used to be like that they've gotten better because i think ari has kind of oh, yeah. eaten their lunch in terms of <laughs> oh, like and dinner, if you look yeah. at all the, yeah and dinner <laughs> yeah. if you look at all the oscar nominated films they're all shot on alexa every single one um yeah. sometimes you see a red up there um, and red skin tones and red colors have now become a little bit more filmic. I think they've yeah, kind of definitely. gone the other way. But still, um, a lot of people love the red look because it's so unique, so different. Right. Like Marquez Brownlee, totally. uh, if you look at his film, his YouTube videos, you wouldn't think like, 
oh, he's shooting on like a red because it's no. it's just clean. It's sharp. Exactly. And that's what I get when I look at his images. It's like he's a tech uh, reviewer. Totally. So he's he's involved in tech. You want it to look clean, sharp, and yeah. like cutting edge, right? Totally. So in his case, I think it works great. Um, the aesthetic of like sharp. And a lot of people that have sat in that chair that I've interviewed shoot on Sony because okay. they mostly shoot landscapes. Totally. And like when you're doing like a super wide of a waterfall with a sunset with trees everywhere, yeah. uh, shooting on an A7R with like ridiculous dynamic range and crazy lot, sharpness yeah. actually looks great. Now, when you put a subject in front with really nice skin tones and they look like a zombie, it's not great. Exactly. Well, I think, yeah, that's, skin, <laughs> dude, skin tones are like paramount for me at least. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do shoot a lot of landscapes, but like that's a, yeah, Sony, or sorry, not Sony, Canon and Fuji. Yeah. As far as just like overall colors and like, how it actually looks in real life versus on the camera yeah. is the best I've seen. I think too, like these are these are subjective too. Exactly, I mean, yeah, hundred like percent. Everybody, hundred percent. Everybody has their opinion. Somebody can argue on you yeah. on that, but I think too, like the thing with the people love Canon. I think is it doesn't look digital. Yeah. Like it's not like you know easily like oh mm -hmm. that's so such a digital photo. Mm -hmm. and There's mojo to it. You can't explain. I sort of can explain it because I've done some tests with like video, like nerdy color charts and stuff. Yeah, and it's not accurate. The colors are not actually real to life mm -hmm. uh they actually do in the skin tone uh realm of color they do like do some weird shifting this is canon mm -hmm. so like when you look at a color chart of a canon like reds and oranges kind of are actually not technically like correct all the time oh, okay um but that is why like skin tones look so good because yeah. they, they actually there is like this layer of like i think sony is technically accurate like some of their new cameras scientifically their engineers are like the yeah, color is it's accurate. Spot, it's spot on, yeah. But like there's something about photography and obviously filmmaking too where you want to remove yourself from reality exactly. and like live in this like alternate universe yeah. where everything's beautiful and perfect. <laughs> well, it's like, and it's, you don't, I, yeah, you don't want it to look like, like, like a computer made it. You know, it's like, yeah. you, know, you want it to like optically be mm -hmm. exact. you know, like how you, how you saw it, right? Yeah. You know, I think that's, I mean, at least for me, why I've gravitated yeah. towards these sort of brands. But I mean, yeah, everybody yeah. has their own opinion for and sure. And that's in terms of like cameras and like upgrading and staying in with all the tech and like being up to date. You don't have to do that. Like you said, your friend is shooting on the 5D2. Like Seriously. In the, in the old film days, people would hold on to their cameras for like 20, 30 yeah. years. Why not? <laughs> because, and like, and heck, they even like buy the exact same film stock the whole time. Totally. Right? Yeah. Fuji, so, Fuji 400H is, I mean, pretty much the most popular wedding stock, I would say. Like, yeah. tons of people still use it. Yeah. Exactly. So that's basically the same thing. It's like, if you have a sensor that you love that, that you think looks great and you know it inside and out, yeah. like, there's no reason to switch. That, buy, yeah, buy, exactly. buy glass yeah. if you're going to buy exactly. anything. Well, that matters, so, that matters so much more than, like, you know, understanding your camera and knowing how to get a good image out of it versus, mm -hmm. like, trying to maybe get a good image in, you know like I, i'm still learning even how to get obviously it's an amazing sensor and great yeah. image quality but i'm still learning how to get the best images possible for me out of yeah. this camera you know and it's well, you've only had two weeks exactly so, yeah. but it takes it takes a while you, you know i had over, i yeah. had the one dx for three plus years and i knew that camera inside mm -hmm. and out like i could get yeah. the best photo or the best video possible every time because mm -hmm. i knew it you know are you a little sad to like pass it on was it was there a little emotion attached to uh, that camera a little bit it's cool like did, it's, did you sell it or you still have it i sold it yeah okay. uh yeah, I mean, it's it, worth a lot of money, and it'll yeah. go down in value. So I might as well yeah. sell it now. Well, and I've heard the One D X three is coming out soon. So I, I, went, I, I wanted to. Get, well, I saw like a Canon rumors thing or something. I was like, yeah. I, I should probably. Yeah, get, I made a video. If I'm going, it, yeah. yeah, if I'm going to sell it, I should probably get rid of it. Like, mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I let it go for really cheap. I just wanted someone to just come pick it up, honestly. And oh, okay, it was super easy. But yeah, I mean, a little bit. But I honestly am super excited about this. That's, and that's a legit upgrade. Like, yeah. if 
it's got everything you need exactly yeah. when i'm now i'm looking at the xt3 for youtube stuff at least i just mm-hmm. bought like a what's it called admos ninja yeah yeah so i'm gonna mess around with the usr and see how that looks mm-hmm. uh, but it looks I, great by the way okay the usr with the ninja shooting 10-bit 4k it changes the camera completely it's like a c200 that's kind of what i've thought what i've thought at least because then even the log actually is better i've done side by sides with internal log uh compared to the 10-bit external okay it looks like a completely different image that's good to know well i'm shooting i'm gonna shoot a few videos next week with the r and the atmos i'll see you can only shoot 4k 10-bit you can't do 1080 10-bit so okay good to know that's i mean that's you gotta get a the crop is the most annoying part of the video have you seen the speed booster that i posted about? i did that's the video i saw you guys recently yeah it helps a lot uh, yeah, I mean, if you care about 4K, I don't think most people should get it because it's kind of a waste. Yeah. It's a niche product for niche people. Definitely. I think for you, if you want to remove the issues with the crop, then yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, because... Um, and you get extra light too, which doesn't yeah, hurt. I mean, it's so. always great. Well, I think too, even like, honestly, 1080 looks... When I upscale to 4K, it looks so good on the I know. USR. Like, it looks great. Everybody's been saying that forever, and yeah. I'm always like, that's a bunch of BS. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, there's no way. And so I never even touched the 1080. I okay. always shot 4K, and everybody's like, 1080 is great, 1080 is great, 1080 is great. It is. I'm huh? like, come on, that's such a, <laughs> a cop-out. Like, Canon fanboys, like, no 4K full frame, like, 1080 is great. It's like, okay, give me a break. I legit was like, all right, fine, I'll give it a try. And you're right. <laughs> it looks so good. It it's does. really it good. It just looks really good. <laughs> like you put it on a 4K timeline and upload it as a 4K image looks on YouTube. Great. Nobody yeah. can tell. Like, well, especially because I realized very quickly that a lot of the people are just watching on their phones. Yeah. Not even in 1080. Sometimes like 720 or like I think if was, I have crap LTE, it's like mm-hmm. 360p. You know, it's like yeah. So what? I mean, I think it was Maddie who like really sold me on it because I was just watching some of his videos. Yeah, he's and got I know, his covers and everything looks yeah. great yeah i know that he shoots on the r in 1080 so i was just like okay i'm yeah. watching it on my phone i'm watching his videos on my phone i yeah. know a lot of people watch my videos on their phones totally and i can't tell that he's shooting Not 1080 have you messed around with any of the rf lenses <laughs> yeah so uh i've played around with all of them except the 7200 one okay. uh, i want to buy that 15 to 30 yeah, i was gonna ask you because that's i think what i'd be it. interested in I don't. I, it's I think too expensive. But fifteen I mean, I millimeters with the crop would be what, like twenty something. Well, it's the perfect lens for video people because uh, it, for hybrid people because I think fifteen to thirty-five is a great range for photography. Just yeah. zoom into thirty-five, boom, you're good. Yeah. Um, and then full frame, obviously, it's super wide for like vlogs and whatever. Yeah. But then you switch to four K mode. Now it's basically like a twenty-four to seventy. It's pretty nice. Yeah. So, well, it has image stabilization too. Like exactly. Yeah. It's pretty pricey though, huh? Yeah, it's twenty six oh or twenty five hundred or something. That's how much this thing was. It's like it's a lot just gulping yeah. that down. But, like, the, <laughs> but you know, like Canon, it's RF, so like it's the new like. It's not whatever. going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Like yeah. that lens will probably exist for the next ten years or more. They won't even totally. upgrade it for ten years. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Do you think that you, Canon's gonna come out with the new like Pro? Yes. Well, yeah, uh, the rumors ESRs? are already floating around. Okay. Uh, so there's an EOS R um, like a high megapixel one i think it's like 70 megapixels that kind of like after like kind of like the 5ds 5dsr yeah kind of they haven't like, done a high megapixel count since the 5dsr or whatever yeah and they need something to compete with the a7r3 or whatever um and so and they're putting the joystick back on there they're getting rid of the thank, touch thank strip the Lord. <laughs> um i think the rumor says dual card slot like it's nice it's putting all More the stuff yeah. back nice and then in addition to that, they're also doing an EOS R Mark II next cool. year as well, Cool. which I think will 
probably have 4K full frame. I hope so. That, so why don't they? That's the thing with Canon. It's like everybody. They, we all know they can do it. It's like they, they have the money. They don't. They just like they're. Oh, yeah, we'll give you this. And you yeah, can wait, you can wait a couple more years. <laughs> I think they have finally gotten to a point. I mean, like for example, the 90D shipped with 30 frames per second 4K. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And then what was great was like everybody complained about it and then boom they released a firmware update That's and good. now it has 24 good so i think they're sort of learning a little bit because sony is really on their trail yeah, uh, in terms of camera sales they've already Aren't they like right there yeah, yeah they are i mean they've already overtaken nikon so wow. um which has, nikon and canon have always been the two the two heralded brands yeah so i think they're a little scared and they're having to play catch up they tried to play catch up with the usr it was a good camera but honestly like Today, right now, there's a $800 off sale, 1500 bucks for the camera with like a uh, memory card and the wow, adapter and everything. So, like, I think they're trying to get rid of them and they might not be selling very well. Hmm. Um, the ecosystem is nowhere near as big as the A7 totally. series. Of course, they're like, well, you could use EF lenses. Like, no, that's not, we don't yeah. want that. Like, <laughs> give me a bunch of RF. Seriously, though. Um, so, I do think in the long run, 10 years from now, we'll look back on this time as like they were just slow, but yeah, here so they are. They're here to stay. They'll right. be fine. Like Canon is still number one in terms of sales and like popularity. Totally. If I make a video titled Canon blank review, it gets three times as many views as any other camera. Makes so sense. Yeah. It's just, it's just a popular camera company. Totally. So you actually are a teacher as well. You've done workshops. You mentioned that you spoke at your high school. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, but you, you host a few photography workshops, an editing workshop, photo workshop, 35mm film photography workshop. Yep. What made you want to get started in uh, your own education courses? Well, so I did my first one, which was none of these. This was probably about two or three years okay. ago. And it did like really well. I just saw all these wedding photographers do it, and I was like, I should try this out. Like, I mean, yeah. just for kind of like... My, like how I run my business, how mm -hmm. I shoot, how I normally would edit images and yeah. you know, kind of like an all encompassing, like Sam Elkins business. How do I do everything? Right. Mm -hmm. And it went, it did really, really well. Like, and I was like, okay, well I need to do more of these. And, <laughs> so, and that one, that one was like only downloadable. So I finally switched over to doing everything online. And so that like portrait workshop is definitely the best selling one. That's kind of like, it's about eight, I think seven to eight hours of video wow. content people can watch. Um, everything from running my own business to you know shooting and editing, working with you know brands, models, clients, like shooting people who aren't models, like mm -hmm. everything. Um, and that's done really well for me. The editing one is just like the editing portion of that packaged up differently, so that people, if they just want to learn how to edit their images and categorize, back up all that stuff, is just in that one. Yeah. And the thirty-five millimeter film workshop is more just for super super beginners. Like we go, we learn how to load film, shoot film, like where to buy film, how to buy used film cameras, just because it's like. Film's becoming a very popular thing again. Yeah. And I only shoot on like really kind of budget cameras in this. So mm. people can kind of follow along. We develop the film at my house. Ah. So it's cool, man. It's it's cool because it, for one, I, I think it's the best way to get like a concentrated kind of like bird's eye view of like how I run my business, especially with the portrait photography one because it has a lot of business stuff in there. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it's cool because I can have residual income because I don't have to worry about doing anything with these. People buy it and it's instantly sent a link to them via email. Yeah. They can log in. They can watch everything. You don't have to print a bunch of DVDs and yeah, mail exactly. it out. <laughs> it's nice. And I think it's it's really fun uh, making the courses and it takes a lot of work though. Do to, you, I mean, I would imagine you have to write that stuff out. And yeah, that was all, all that stuff was on teleprompter, but like that took, like especially that portrait one from start to finish, Ben helped me with it and it was probably about three months, four months wow. to, from like the first time we started filming till 
it was up and ready to be sold. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been quite the process, but it's something I've really enjoyed doing. Wow. Yeah. So how can people get involved in your courses? I mean, it sounds amazing if somebody wants to check it out. Yeah. I, your website doesn't have it. What what site is it? Yeah, so it's just it's all linked down in my YouTube, everything in my YouTube descriptions. It's just samuelelkinsworkshop.com. Perfect. Super simple. It's like a Shopify website. Super easy to use, and we have some discounts running right now. Nice. Probably through the holidays, I would assume. Heck yeah. But yeah. So yeah, everybody go sign up right there. <laughs> Anything in the works? Any any courses that you're uh, I wanna planning do, on shooting? Yeah, I want to do one about switching over to shooting YouTube for photographers, like YouTube mm. YouTube for photographers. Because I think such that, a good niche. There's I, a lot of people. A lot of people that are like you said. A lot of people that are your friends that want to do yeah, it. Yeah, they don't know how they, to get started. They kind of feel a little lost. Exactly. Oh, so dude. it's kind of just like everything Brilliant. that I did wrong and like a lot of the things I did right packaged yes. up, kind of just teaching, you know why having the mic close to you matters you know like why using an nd matters you know, all it, it's very new to photographers because it's nothing you have to really think about uh-huh. you know? so i think it'd be really helpful to a lot of people absolutely and i think you're the perfect candidate to yeah. do it too because <laughs> you literally are that person yeah totally what are your thoughts on uh, igtv did you ever experiment or play with it not really i i think it was kind of just one of those things that came and gone like there's a lot of people that do use it that i know but i don't really think for me it's really been a, really beneficial have like, you tried just posting because things have changed over the last what year and a half now yeah i would recommend just trying this take your youtube video and just post it there because now um they allow uh landscape okay so like if you post just a normal video 16 by 9 yeah they can rotate it and it oh, rotates. Cool, cool. And Let's try that out. I tried it and I was surprised because you know that these social media platforms, they just want everything native. Right. So like, for example, I posted a video on my personal YouTube channel, got a couple thousand views, posted it on Twitter, it got 100,000 views. That's crazy. Because it was a native Twitter video. Right, right, right. Um, same for Instagram. Like you post it on there. If you post a native Instagram video that's like a review or a tutorial, uh, they might promote it more than you would expect. That makes sense. Because yeah. they just want people to use it. Right. <laughs> totally so that makes sense, yeah. I would recommend trying it out uh, and thinking of it as just another thing you upload your YouTube video to. Right. Um, but yeah, like it has changed a, a, quite a bit. <clears throat> I I agree with you though. I don't think it, I think it's just going to kind of be there. It yeah. probably won't go away. Exactly. I, I don't so think too. it'll ever be what they want it to be. No, I think they were trying to make it like a YouTube competitor almost or like a, a little bit more than Instagram stories. And it's yeah. just not really either of those. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of this own little niche thing that doesn't really do much for a lot of people. Yeah. The but. cool thing about it now is that if you do upload to it, it does show up in people's feeds. Yeah, that's cool. Well, because so. yeah, you can, and then you can just click and watch the rest of it, right? Exactly. Yeah, I've you don't seen have that to jump to the app anymore. That's which, pretty nice. Yeah. So they I, did. nobody likes a dedicated app. No. <laughs> Yeah, who are they fooling? Nobody's gonna yeah. switch over to that. <laughs> um, so, what what's like one of the main questions that you get from people that we could just answer now? You can link this video out to people Gosh, to answer the think? question. Is yep. it? Um, it's tough. What? In, uh, I mean, like, how do you how do you get started if you're somebody that wants to do what you're yeah, doing? That's, that's great. probably that's the main great, one, yeah, right? I would say so too. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, buy your workshop. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> plug <laughs> but yeah uh to give us the nutshell of like how to get started doing what you're doing yeah. what do you recommend college just do stuff on spec like wh- what do you think totally i mean it's a pretty loaded question but i would say yeah. for, it's different for everybody yeah i'd say for me i would stick a lot honestly a lot because anybody can learn how to use a camera mm-hmm. if you're interested in this you're obviously going to be down to learn how to use a camera and develop your creative skill set i think it's much more about the intangibles about you know are you going to show up for people are you going to be diligent are you going to be you know consistent are you going to you know, for me, I buy people coffee or beer or dinner like multiple times a week, you know, mm-hmm. just to get to know people that I'm interested mm-hmm. in getting to know. Um, so I think it's 
so much more about that than anything else you know because anybody can take a good picture really it's 2019 yeah we all have iphones they look great right yeah the point is is that if you're not going to allow you know if you're not going to have those intangibles like it's not nothing's going to happen you know so Mm -hmm. i think for me that's something that i've noticed over the years and i think that's the reason i continue to find success and what i do is because i just put so much energy but like the right energy into what i do and i also don't really like uh, subscribe to the fact that I need to be working every single minute of every single day. I, love that, I just work yeah. really smart. I, you know, I, I, that's kind of like what I tell people is like, I work hard, not smart. Like, yes. Smart work is different than hard work because you're devoting time to stuff that actually Wait, matters. Other way around. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You work smart, not hard. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're devoting time to stuff that actually matters versus, mm-hmm. you know, just randomly working on your website for 11 hours and not doing anything, you know, just kind of <laughs> clicking or like, you're not doing anything, you know? Like, <laughs> so you must be much more productive, just really, really focused yes. and working on what you need to be doing, you know, logical steps. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, a website is huge. If you want to be an actual photographer, if you don't have a website, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you need to have a website and it needs to be it's just the best work. Por- portfolio. Yeah. And it's, this is something that I was talking to Ben to when Ben yeah, first I mean, got started was... I mean, you don't have like thousands and thousands of images on your website. No, it's website. Very, very concise. It's yeah. curated. Exactly. When yeah. I, this is what I was telling Ben too when he first started filming with me. It was like, he's like, oh, I want to do more of like the stuff that we're doing. Well, I'm like, well, dude, you're posting weddings. Like, yeah. you're not going to get hired for this stuff. The fact that I found you and working together is a miracle because you reached out to me. Like, mm. and then that very quickly changed his mindset. He's like, all right, I'm just going to start sharing the stuff that I want to get hired for. What do you know? The dude's got many great clients now. You know, yeah. it's sharing the work that you want to be doing. And is he separated his wedding huge. site from his exactly. uh, cinematography that's site. massive too. Like it's being very, you know, you don't niche. have to kill the thing that's making no. you money. That, if anything, you should keep doing that, but you don't, that doesn't mean you have to be continuing to share it. If that's not what you want to be doing down the road, mm-hmm. then, you know, you don't have to be sharing it. You can still get hired for it. You know, like yeah. for me, I'm looking at YouTube next year as a great way for me to make money so I can support myself. And then on this, like I'm chasing this, you know, high end advertising and commercial work mm. on the side. You know, I don't have to worry about making money with it because I have something to continue to make me money. So yeah. I'm going to be sharing the stuff that I'm really excited about. I'm also excited about the YouTube channel, obviously, but yeah. you have something, you know, if you have something going for you that's making you good money, mm-hmm. but you want to be doing something else, don't s- stop just instantly. Yeah. It's going to be really hard to get that new thing going. Mm-hmm just over time slowly slowly just move mm-hmm. jump ship you know i think that's absolutely pretty massive i get a lot of questions of young i mean obviously i'm young too but yeah kids who you know are in high school and they're looking to like oh should i move out should i not go to college i'm like honestly you should probably get a job like and work and like mm-hmm. save up some money and on the <laughs> side do this you know because mm-hmm. honestly i've had so many people email me or just people that i know that like it hasn't worked out for them because they've just mm-hmm. jumped ship too quickly like you mm-hmm. don't need to just dive into everything you have to have a plan and I yeah. think that's huge. Like what I've learned over the years is I wish I had a better plan when I first started out. And I think that's something I recommend to everybody is mm-hmm. work, you know, like work, work a normal job, you know, maybe intern for somebody or be an assistant for a photographer who you admire or something like that. And then yeah. parlay that with what you actually want to be doing in the future. Mm-hmm. Weddings again, exactly. Great, oh, great way great to get started. Money. Great money. Yeah. Cause yeah, you can, you can pretty much find work almost anywhere doing weddings, especially in California, man. Like, and if I was just getting started oh, yeah. here, I mean, I'd be second, Nashville I'd be second shooting constantly. Like with yeah. other photographers, you know, it's great consistent money. And then exactly. if I wanted to be doing something else, I do that in my free time. Do you think people should move to a town like what you've done over your career where you've specifically moved to places that have furthered your career in terms of just the people you're surrounded with do you think that matters or because of the internet is it i mean of course it is possible to do this without being surrounded by other people absolutely man i think for me it was it's necessary to be here Mm -hmm. but it wasn't always necessary and i think also you have to know if you're going to move to a big city like la or new york san francisco like all these huge cities 
you have to know what you want to get out of it before you move there. Mm-hmm. I think that was a mistake I made when I moved to SF was it was too much money. I didn't know what I was doing there. And I was just like, oh, this is like a cool city. I should try it out. It didn't work out. I didn't love it. You know, I yeah. very quickly moved to Utah after. But when I moved to LA, you know, two years ago now, I had a plan for what I wanted to be doing, at least for the first like six months or something, you know? And yeah. So that's my advice. I definitely think it's hugely beneficial. I don't think you need to, but mm-hmm. I think if you're going to move to a huge city, you have to know what you want to get out of it before you move there or else you're going to have problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the moral of that whole story is have a plan. Exactly. 100%. That's <laughs> what I've been learning over the years, just have a plan. <laughs> what encourages you to keep growing as a creative? That's a good question. I think that's keep- definitely changed over the years. I would say now though, I just really enjoy working with people. Like it's so fun to just work with other super talented people. Like Ben is a great example. Like yeah. he to me is the video uh, counterpart to like how, like, you know, the quality of my photography I see in the video that he's making. Like it's mm-hmm. it's that good. And like, I love working with him because I know he's not gonna, you know, skimp on quality. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, as I would for myself. And not- sh- from what I gathered, just meeting him doing our interview, he seems like a ridiculously reliable person. Oh yeah, like he well, shows up on time. Yes, man. He, he gets the job done. Four hours yeah. just to be with you. Like. He gets the job done, you know. And like that's something I respect so much about him. And therefore, like I continue to give him the video projects that I give him because mm-hmm. I know he's going to get it done. I have to worry about it. And, you know? and man, what a nice and jo- like genuinely joyful, kind person. He's the best, man. Like those types of people do so well in the industry. Oh yeah, because everybody like even if everybody loves him, <laughs> even if your skill set. Well, not to discount his skill because he. He's very skillful. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, in theory, like, if you're somebody who has less of a talent or skill, but you're a better hang, yep. you're probably going to get more work than 100%. somebody who is incredibly talented and, like, yeah. art, artsy-fartsy, but a total jerk. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That was just talking about, like, you know, the intangibles, like, advice for people. is like, are you fun to hang out with? Yeah. Like, are you, can you be, like, personable on set? Like, yeah. if you can't, you're probably not going to get the job. <laughs> Maybe you get one job, but then they're like... Yeah, but we actually had a good conversation with the other guy while we were, you know, in those free moments that we had, you know, yeah. stuff like that. That yeah. matters so much, you know, and yeah, Ben's exactly. going to do just fine. He Absolutely. just needed, like, I always tell people he's, I didn't help him at all with him being <laughs> as good as he is. I just helped him, like, realize, like, you're part how... Of, you're I part just, of his journey. Yeah, I just realized how, like, I showed him, like, what he's capable of, you know, and yeah. he already was capable of before he met me and now, but now he's just doing so many yeah. great things. I'm super happy for him. I mean, he speaks very highly of you, so I, th- I think he definitely was mentored by you with this, just some of those little things that you're like, totally. hey, you should definitely not be promoting this if you don't want to do it. Yeah. You know? More like the business stuff, I think with him, he realized, like he would hit me up and be like, oh, this client's asking for a budget for this. And I'm like, dude, you should multiply that by like three or something, three or four. Yeah. And like, oh, he's like, and then he tried it a couple of times. He's like, hey, they said yes. And I'm like, I know they did, dude, because you're that good. Like, <laughs> you're worth this. Like, yeah, yeah it's cool. Exactly. Um, it's awesome. It's crazy that, you know, at a certain point, you're not going to be the young person anymore. You're going to be the old person. Totally. You're sort of almost at that point where you're going to be not always be the youngest. I'm getting you there, still yeah. are, though. Yeah, you still definitely. are the youngest. Totally. Um, I'm at that threshold where, like, I'm 29. Yep. I'm about to hit my 30s. Totally. And, like, my shooter is 21, you yeah. know, and, like, Absolutely. other YouTubers that I'm meeting are younger. Um, totally. But then there, there are people in this. Uh, they're all ages. <clears throat> but, like, it is amazing that... Um, you're what 23 23 yeah and Just you've, 23. you've got all this experience it's because of the high school like experience totally. you've you're you have this wisdom and you're able to at 23 years old already kind of understand like i need better work-life balance i need a plan yep. all these things are mature things that your age typically doesn't understand yet absolutely and yeah. like i would just encourage anybody who's listening to this who is in high school 
like do the work that you did like pick up a camera and just instead of going out with your buddies on friday night seriously find somebody on instagram that does what you do hang out with them yeah, go, go shoot, shoot some, some sunset shoot. photos or something like seriously it's just as easy put as in that. the work because yeah. like the internet is an amazing thing because if you're 14 15 years old and you're a good photographer you might be able to land some brand deals like very easily no yeah. matter like how old you are and lean into the fact that you're young because people are on these social media platforms that are your age yeah you'll be able to gather a quicker like a faster following than somebody older because Absolutely. all your colleagues are going to want to follow you so uh, i've always been jealous of that like i'm too old to have like all my friends follow me because like my friends are like what's tiktok yeah. <laughs> 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 um cool so yeah i mean all the advice that you gave incredible uh if anybody wants to uh just get more information about you or have any questions you know shoot them a dm or, tweet yeah, or, email, or something yeah. um definitely check out your workshops i mean your whole journey has been pretty incredible and it has been fairly fast your growth at least on the internet has totally. kind of skyrocketed the last three years yeah definitely what i mean what do you have to say about that like is there some was it weird when you started getting more and more followers and like seeing some of that success like now that you know you've had these big jumps there's yeah. highs and lows like totally what do you feel about that well i think i remember i graduated high school with about three hundred fifty thousand followers on instagram and it was weird, but like I really made it a point to myself to never let it get to my head. Mm -hmm. And I, that's some advice for anybody out there. You're no better than the person sitting next to you yeah. just because you have a following on the internet, you know? I think that the more you like actually put that into practice, it really kind of just sprays into all aspects of your life, you know? Yeah. Just kind of just be humble. Like honestly, like there's, mm -hmm. you're not better than the, like you really mm -hmm. are. Like it's, it's more just taking it. I look at social media and the internet as like a byproduct of what I do. So mm -hmm. I would encourage a lot of people to not be famous for just a personality or who they are. You know, have a skill. You know, like you, know, yeah. you are, you love reviewing tech and you know, yeah. cameras and stuff. And that's like your skill that you're providing. It's not like you're just like talking, oh, hey, it's me. Like I have nothing to give to this. You know, like <laughs> for me as well, you know, I'm a photographer and I, mm -hmm. I love photography and I look at like my Instagram, for example, as just a byproduct of me sharing my work. And I'm, yeah. the people who follow me, they'll enjoy anything that I share because it's me. It's my work. You know, it's yeah. even when I post an advertisement, it's always like they become invested in you. Yeah, exactly. They, like, they feel like they're your friend. Yeah. Whatever, and they, right? yeah, and so. they, they love even like the ad work that I do because it's like, it's me, you know, it's not, it's not just some like stupid ad that I'm just doing to get money. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm really trying my best to make, you know, have my, my style and like my, myself attached to it, you know? Yeah. So I think that as well is something that's super key. Just, you know, having a skill and then, if you have that skill, you're going to be just fine as far as the internet goes because mm. the internet's going to come and go in different, you know, platforms yep. and waves. But if you can stay true to yourself, like you can be just fine. Yes. I have a friend of mine who he's in his forties now. He's a performer. He's pretty well known. Uh, he's a magician. Cool. Um, and he travels the world performing, you know, hundreds of shows a year, thousands of people. And he's had like crazy levels of fame in his life and then not and then crazy levels of fame and he's hung out with people who are very famous and not yeah. and he said like success in the worldly sense is so up and down up and down up and down like there's people who are famous for a period of time and then they go away and then like those highs and lows can be really depressing they can be really like am i nothing am i worth nothing and that's where it comes back to what we originally said at the beginning of this podcast which is like having that work-life balance, having people that you care about, having yeah. family and friends. Having something to um, fall back on, you know? Like it's, your work just can't be everything. Exactly. Means, you need to have something else, you know? 
the the career the work that you do is not you what what is you is is obviously the things that you love and, and the people that you love exactly and so stay true to that stay humble be around people that care about you and love you and uh, serve other people Ab- too. absolutely man. buying beers and coffees 100 um so yeah we'll get you some polar pro swag and uh get you out of here Perfect, but, man. Uh, thanks for coming in man yeah thank you yeah I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Sam Elkins. It was a real treat to get to know him better across the table here at the Golden Hour Podcast. If you haven't seen any of our video podcasts, then I encourage you to go over to goldenhourpodcast.com and watch all the videos of the episodes that you've already listened to. I think there's a lot of nuance in the interview when you actually see people's faces when they talk. We do like a multi-cam edit, lots of video, a lot of cool graphics and cuts and things. So go check it out, goldenhourpodcast.com. You can watch the video on our website also i would like to remind you again to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player of choice leave a rating and review we're asking for this a little bit more than usual because we're realizing that we have a good listenership but not a lot of subscribers based on the numbers that we're seeing so if you've been listening for a while and you're a fan of the show please hit that subscribe button it would mean a lot to us Thank you again, guys, for listening to the Golden Hour Podcast. Of course, we've got another episode next week. We're going into the holiday season. Hope you guys are having a great time with your family and friends. Maybe you're just now coming into the point where you're going to take off some work, spend some time with family. Just relax. Have a little break from work. Stop thinking about it and enjoy yourself. Eat some food and just hang out with people that you love and care about. That's really what holiday season is all about. So enjoy the new year. Enjoy the Christmas season. Once again, I'm Dave Mays here in the Polar Pro studio and we'll see you next week and happy holidays.